I'm Asan, and this is The Review. City lost to Arsenal on penalties in the Charity Shield to ensure that they will be, they will be the title winners in 23-24. Uh, joining me to look back on what was an interesting, if pointless, game, I've got Lloyd. <laughs> Afternoon. Afternoon. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good spirits. The uh, weather has finally turned up. It's been, as as I'm sure you know, it's been absolutely terrible for the last couple of weeks. But it's nice today in London. Home of the Arsenal. <laughs> well, look, um, we're here to talk about the the Community Shield or the Charity Shield. What do you call it? The Community Shield or the Charity Shield? Well, I actually, I did read a piece about this, though. It, so it used to be called the Charity Shield, but because the FA give... Gives, gave such a small amount of the proceeds to charity, they couldn't call it the Charity Shield anymore, which is why it's now called the Community Shield. Stay classy, FA. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing, it was a sellout, and that kind of flew in the face of the idea of City fans boy- boycotting yeah. it. Yeah. So, But what's your take on that in the sense that, like, Oh, can we be a little bit too online sometimes in terms of we can see online support for something and assume that it just bleeds out into the everyday public, but it doesn't? Uh, kind of, but I guess I, I, I think the main takeaway that I took from it is it shows we've actually got quite a big set of supporter base and fans now that we could fill that with... Um, you know, a lot of people who wouldn't have been part or kind of involved in the boycott. Now, speaking personally, like I've got a season ticket. I go to a lot of away games. You know, I go to a lot of city games, basically, full stop. I do not know a single person who went to the game yesterday. Mm. Um, It's it's a very familiar story that a few people have, have basically said that to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, unless, you know, like Stefan, Stefan went like last minute, as he was saying, he might get a ticket. Stefan would be the only person I know that went, but I don't think, he, I don't think he went, did he? So no, I don't know anyone that, anyone that went. Most people I know boycotted it, went to like the Band on the Wall event, um, which the MCFC Food Bank's put on, or they just watched it at home or, you know, with friends. So yeah, it's a, a difficult one. I mean, I, to be honest, when that was announced and when, um, the boycott was kind of organised, and when they pushed back, still on the four pm, you know, I was I was really behind that. And I think the thing is, it's not just about this game. I think the the, the message is a wider message. It's about football fans as a whole. It's about scheduling. It's about fans being taken the piss out of. Uh, and I think that Nico guy that did the interview with the MEN that's gone viral spoke brilliantly. Um, and thankfully, I have seen quite a few for fans of other clubs kind of supporting it. But that's really what this is about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was a bit disappointed when I saw that it had sold out. But I think City ended up extending it to even people who are like citizens members. So you don't even have to have like any sort of a season ticket or tickets before. And people could buy up to four tickets through that. So I think that's, that's why it ended up selling out in the end. Mm. So... <clears throat> There was a lot of criticism of the uh, of the atmosphere that that the in the city end basically. Do you think that's also just a reflection of the kind of people who ended up going and how maybe actually none of the hardcore were there and they were all replaced by day trippers 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's. I think yeah. that was it. Hmm. Hmm. It's an interesting one. Anyway, I was I was really surprised when when I read that it had sold out, um, and I was definitely interested in in how it would end up being on the day. Like whether you know there'd still be a noisy city end. Um, we do make a lot of noise when we go to Wembley generally. So, well, definitely. I mean, I was there for the United game like seven weeks ago. Mm. Uh, it was pretty noisy that day, but yeah. I, th- I think a lot of those pe- a lot of those fans weren't there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, the game itself, or the team sheet itself. Uh, so Guardiola, yeah, Guardiola went four four two four two three one. However, you want to describe it when he plays Alvarez and Haaland together. Were you surprised? I wasn't. No, I wasn't that surprised because Alvarez has featured heavily, hasn't he, in preseason? Yeah, and he's played. You know, he's, he's played with Haaland a bit. I mean, look, my major irk from the whole of yesterday was Foden not playing. That was the. The biggest problem. I, know, I, I don't want to get too much into like over analysis of performances. It's still a game to kind of like get the wheel spinning. But I do think you can read something into team selection because team selection is you know here's where we're at for this game, and obviously the next game, which is on Friday, is Burnley, and so I think it gives you a good idea of probably where we'll be for that game. So Foden not starting, I think after how he's played recently, the chat from Pep about him playing centrally, him playing centrally in the FA Cup final, in the Champions League final. You know, a lot of people were saying to me on Twitter like why are you getting so asked? You know, it's a, it's it's basically a friendly. You know, he'll be starting at Burnley. Well, not necessarily. I think I think that team is probably a good read into how it happens. Now obviously the game happens in a way that I think Foden ends up strengthening his case, but I mean, the team I was absolutely fine with, apart from Foden not playing, and I guess Alvarez is the one that ends up taking his minutes. Essentially, hmm. I mean, I know, yeah. I know, you feel similar, so I don't. I'm quite yeah, but I didn't really like. I, I guess that for me, I didn't really look at the team selection yesterday and feel as though it was an enormous insight into Burnley. Um, I actually think, on the contrary he lands on a team that gives you almost no insight into what the front five will be against Burnley. Haaland will be there. But after that, I wouldn't put money on anybody. Like there's not another player that because of KDB's fitness, right? There's not a single other player that I'd immediately go, all right, well, I'd throw one down on, on him definitely starting because Bernardo. Yeah. Probably, maybe the nearest one would be Bernardo, but it's 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 just very difficult because I think that there's this kind of funny thing where I, I think people get a little bit... Um, I think people have been overly critical of Foden, and I think on the other side, we can be overly defensive of Foden. Um, I think that the reality for me is if I'm just in general, looking at form, right, and and who plays best where and what options there are in the squad. Um, even though the options are relatively limited, the the decisions are still complicated because you we've landed in a place where 
we've chosen to have a bunch of very versatile players and very few specialists. And so it means that what is Bernardo Silva? Is he a right winger or is he a centre midfield player? Well, it's Phil Foden. Is he a right winger or a left winger or a centre midfield player? So when you begin to think about how you approach Burnley, I don't know. We, I just I, I, we won't know until until the team sheet drops. But I certainly yeah. didn't. I certainly didn't look at the team yesterday and go, "Oh well, that definitely means that Alvarez starts against Burnley." May, I, actually, and I don't mean this in a snide way. Um, I, I just kind of knew what was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like when I saw the team, I was like, ah, "Okay, so I, I've got a fairly good idea of how the first hour of this game is going to unfold." Um, and for me, it more or less unfolded um, as I expected it to unfold because, you know, with that, when you take it, I mean, playing without an extra midfield player and playing with two centre forwards is the antithesis of Guardiola football, and so. The implication within it is that there ain't going to be a lot of Guardiola football played in midfield and in attack. It's going to be very direct or it's going to be get it out to the wings. And that's kind of the way that it unfolded. But the, again, like, and I'll, I'll throw this over at you. My one thing with that 4-4-2 is like picking that 4-4-2 and then picking Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish to two wide men. For me, that's like, it's pretty... I don't like it. Like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see. Which well, lacks creativity, doesn't it? Well, just you, how are you going to feed? How are you going to feed the two strikers if you're playing those two on the wings? Because with the best will in the world, their their skill, for want of a better phrase, is ball retention. Their skill is not the thing that you're going to need from the wide areas if you're going to play with. Alvarez and Haaland as big man, little man. Um, and hopefully yesterday also a little bit put paid to the, uh, to the myth that Alvarez in, is in any way, shape or form an eight. I mean, I don't even think he's a 10. So the idea that he could play in yeah. City's midfield is just, yeah, I mean, it's just laughable to be honest. Um, but having said all of that, mm. I thought we started really well. I, I genuinely, mm. I, I felt like it was a half of two halves. Um, so give me your, give me your read on like kind of the first 20, first 15, 20 of the half. And also what that left you in terms of thinking about fitness and sharpness and shape and style and just things that caught your eye basically. Yeah. So I, I agree. I thought, I thought across the whole game, we actually played pretty well. Um, I think sometimes people forget like take take a step back sometimes we don't i don't think we normally look that sharp in in those community shield games we usually look more rusty now i thought we looked relatively put together yesterday and i think that's with the caveat that we played with two up front and so i think we whenever alvarez plays in that position um you know we definitely have more ability to kind of get those quick shots off slide one of the two in behind but we totally lose I think the ability to kind of control games go side to side retain the ball probe because it's not as good at keeping the ball and you're like you say you're seeding a you know a genuine midfielder for for um for a number nine I think but I thought he I thought Alvarez played pretty well. I thought he did a good job. I think he he kept the ball better than he can sometimes do. 
I think we look, yeah, I think we look pretty sharp um, in the first 20. Obviously, we didn't get Haaland into the game much, but, you know, Rodri was very involved in that first 15, 20. Felt like he had the ball for most of it. Um, you know, Grealish saw a lot of it. Bernardo saw a lot of it. Kovacic was keeping things moving. I think he he definitely had like a kind of under the radar good performance, which we can talk about. So, no, I thought we started well. Obviously, Arsenal came into it more in the second half of that first half. Havertz had his chances. Havertz did Havertz things. I kind of loved that he played number nine <laughs> for Arsenal yesterday after all Very the chat. Funny. After all the chat about him becoming a number eight in this team. Um, but no, I, I agree. I mean, that's why I said at the outset, you know, I'm almost separating the team selection because that is the one thing that kind of I mm. had a bit of a problem with. Once once we play, once we're down, you know, I'm just there to kind of see where we're at, look at those patterns, look at, um, you know, maybe bits of rustiness. But half time, I was pretty, pretty comfortable. Yeah, I don't think we were... I don't think we were rusty. I mean, I, I I said this coming off the back of the tour that I felt as though we looked sharper than we have done the last couple of years in preseason, and it felt very it felt very much as though. I mean, so let me posit something to you, and you tell me whether you think there's some truth in it. Um, I feel that this season might be the first season in quite a few where. The system, the style, everything about the team will be a continuation of the end of the previous season. Whereas I feel as though if you go back 12 months, you go back 24 months, you go back 36 months, I think in each of those summers, something happens, someone comes or someone leaves that completely changes the dynamic of the team. I do think Gundo will do that a bit, but... I think there's signs that Kovacic will bed in very quickly. And whilst he definitely can't do some of the stuff that Gundo was so good at, albeit I think, you know, me and you have discussed this a lot, I think he will develop in like the final third. He's going to give us something, I think, in transition and being able to take the ball from back to front because he's such a good dribbler, isn't he? He's so Mm. good with the ball at his feet. You know, Gundo was never a guy that would kind of beat three players and just pop out of a um pop out of a press. I mean, yeah, he was technically brilliant and it would often turn into sixpence, but he would never kind of glide past three or four players, like I think we've already seen from Kovacic. So I'd I'd, I'd pull back slightly and I do think we're gonna have to adapt without Gundo. Um but I know what you mean. I mean I think the fact that we we played with the back three, albeit it was different, wasn't it? In, because Stones was actually more part um it felt a bit more part of that line where, and Walker was very like high and wide as opposed to being. But there was a lot of, I felt there was a lot of rotation. One of the things that really caught my eye was, so yeah, there were, there were a lot of moments where Walker was really high and wide, but then there was probably three or four moments in the first half alone where Walker's almost the deepest man and Stones is up in midfield somewhere. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.